0: So, Church, you know that on a regular basis, every month, we take a moment in our service and we highlight the stories of one of our people and how they came to Christ and what God has been doing in their life. And so today, we're really happy to have Janice Buckley up here sharing her story. Janice and Frank have been coming here to Crossing for about 12 years. And so right now, where you're sitting, um, give her a round of applause and welcome her to the microphone. Thank you and i'm Jonas buckley and this is my story i was born and raised in long island my parents were catholic and we went to mass every saturday at 5 p.m i received all the sacraments because that's what you do when you grow up in a catholic home to my father's dismay i never went back to confession after my first time i remember sitting in the confessional thinking this isn't right why is the priest the only one who can talk to god and confess my sins i told my dad I could go to God and confess my sins better than the priest could. I remember my father shaking his head every time I went up for communion. Fast forward to high school and college. I didn't have a relationship with God but I always felt his presence. I was not a stellar role model. I succumbed to peer pressure and did many things that you would never want your kids doing. I can honestly say it is only by the grace of God that I'm still here today. When Frank and I were engaged We reached out to our church to set the date for our wedding and was told that we wouldn't, they wouldn't talk to us until Frank had an annulment. I told my father we weren't getting married in the church. I thought he was going to insist that Frank got an annulment, but to my surprise, my parents helped us find a non-denominational church where we were married in April of 1988. After we were married, we went to church every now and then, but it wasn't because we had a desire for a relationship with God, it was more out of an obligation than anything else. Fast forward to April 1996. My father passed away of pancreatic cancer. This devastated me. He was my rock, and I was daddy's little girl. Ask Frank how many times I called home when we were doing our first renovation to our first house. There was a hole in my heart that nothing could fill. I was unconsolable and on the verge of a nervous breakdown. I tried therapy. And on my first visit, the therapist wanted to hypnotize me because she thought that there was something inappropriate about my grief. Needless to say, I walked out on her and I never went back. I tried going back to church regularly, thinking that this might help. After a month of going and crying through every Mass and not hearing a thing the priest said, I stopped going. Then one day I found something hanging on my front door. It was an invitation to Princeton Community Church a new church opening five minutes from my house. It said something about a non-denominational church and having a relationship with Jesus. I remember looking at it for a while and walking over to Frank and saying, I think this is what I need to fill the hole in my heart. I went by myself to the service and when I walked through the doors, I immediately felt a weight being lifted from my shoulders. I couldn't tell you exactly what the pastor said in that service, but I felt like he was talking to me. I also remember there were a lot of people who brought Bibles with them. I had never seen that before. I met with the pastor the following week. I told him my story and cried like a baby in his office. He recommended I attend the women's ministry Bible study at the church. It was there that I opened the Bible for the first time and actually read and studied it. The church did baptisms, but I always felt like I wasn't good enough to be baptized. God wanted someone who was better than me, someone who understood the Bible better. Someone who talked about God more. Someone who could pray out loud. I didn't understand about God's grace and mercy. One Sunday, the pastor asked me if I wanted to be baptized, and I immediately said no. He asked if he could come over to our house and talk to me about it. He came over and talked about God's grace and that we don't have to be good enough to receive it. It's a free gift from God. I had heard all this before, but for some reason, I did not feel worthy of it. He asked me if I ever saw the show Les Mis. He referred to when Jean Valjean steals the silver from the priest and gets caught, and the priest gives him the bag of silver back plus the candlesticks. He said, that's grace. We don't deserve it, but God gives it to us. I finally understood I didn't have to be good enough or be able to quote scripture or pray out loud for God to love me. He loved me just the way I was, broken. There was nothing I could do to earn my way into heaven. I was never going to be good enough. All I had to do was believe that Jesus died for my sin, that he paid the penalty for all the things I did wrong, all the guilt and all the regret I had. I was baptized the following Sunday in March of 1997. In 2006, we felt God leading us away from Princeton Community Church. We arrived at Crossing in the midst of not having a pastor. Some might have seen this as a problem, but Frank and I didn't. In fact, it was one of the reasons we stayed. We didn't hear gossip about what happened. All we knew was there was a split. We saw grace and love. We were recipients of that love in 2007 when Frank had a heart attack. I was just about to leave the house to have a meeting with the youth director here when I received a phone call from Mercy Hospital in Pittsburgh telling me that Frank's flight made an emergency landing and he was admitted to the hospital. I can honestly say that the Holy Spirit drove me to crossing that day. I walked into Tim's office and started crying and explained what happened. Yes, I cry a lot. I didn't even have the phone number of Mercy Hospital. All I could tell Tim was what hospital Frank was in. Tim took over. He got the number for Mercy Hospital and played the pastor card and found out that, yes, Frank did have a heart attack. I stayed there and made all the arrangements for my travel to Pittsburgh. Before I left, everyone in the office prayed with me. It was so comforting having those prayers blanket me and my family. I spoke with Frank's doctor before I left for the airport and he told me that Frank's life was over as he knew it. He would never fly an airplane again. He said we should start filling out the disability papers as soon as possible. That doctor doesn't know the power of prayer. Frank was back flying nine months later. I knew God was taking care of me when my flight to Pittsburgh was the last to land before the airport shut down to a snowstorm. I knew he was taking care of me when I got the last car at the car rental agency. I knew he was taking care of me when I got lost on my way to the hospital and had a total stranger have me follow him to the hospital. Life was very uncertain at that time, but I knew God was taking care of us. I had a peace that everything would be okay no matter the outcome. God would provide for us. Philippians 4 7 and the peace of God which transcends all understanding shall guard your hearts and your thoughts by Jesus Christ. At Crossing I have continued to grow in my faith. There have been some valleys where I've struggled with my relationship with God, but thankfully God has placed people in my life here at Crossing that have helped me work through my struggles. I cling to Isaiah 41 10, so do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. There is no better news than Jesus bore my sin so that I might die and live, die to sin and live for righteousness. I am a sinner. There are times when what I think, say, or do doesn't please him, and I don't praise him nearly enough for everything he has done for me. But I do know from lamentations 3, 22, and 23, that the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. This verse is why I love to watch sunrise. If you've never seen a sunrise, I highly recommend it. Teaching Sunday school to little four, five, and six-year-olds has been my ministry at Crossing. It is such a blessing to see and teach little human sponges that God made them, God loves them, and Jesus wants to be their friend forever. Wouldn't it be wonderful if everyone knew that? As I said in the beginning, I've always felt God's presence in my life, even before I was a believer. He was patiently waiting for me to realize my need for him. It took my father's death to open my eyes and my heart to his abounding love for me. I don't have an earthly father anymore, but I am eternally grateful for my heavenly father who loves me more than I could possibly imagine. Thank you.